This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to WSOY on NowDecatur.com. This stream is presented by Hickory Point Bank. Invested. Our investment in Decatur is an investment in everyone who calls Decatur home. Teacher Quality has published a report that highlights five policy actions states can take to support teachers in the science of reading. Among them are setting specific detailed reading standards for teacher prep programs and reviews of teacher prep programs. Illinois received a weak rating because the state lack strong policies in two of the areas, namely requiring districts to select a high-quality reading curriculum and providing professional learning for teachers and ongoing support. Molina Healthcare of Illinois is inviting Macon County residents to its mobile health clinic today. The clinic will offer wellness exams, prenatal and postpartum assessments, flu shots, and blood pressure screenings for free. The clinic will be at Old King Orchard Community Center today from 9 to 3, weather permitting. Walk-ups are welcome. More at NowDecatur.com. We're just six days away from the next Republican contest. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. And I know that New Hampshire will never let us down, just like in 2016. Former President Trump last night after his record win in Iowa. The largest margin of victory in GOP history. Is that good? And he's urging his last two Republican challengers to drop out and unite around him. But as Fox's Grinnell Scott reports, they're not ready for that. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley took third in Iowa, but in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, she said what will happen next is up to the state's voters. Don't complain about what happens in a general election if you don't play in this primary. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, second in Iowa, took a detour before New Hampshire to South Carolina saying in Colombia he's ready to compete. Here we've got a we've got a good footprint. President Biden will meet with congressional leaders today trying to work out short-term funding by Friday to avoid a partial government shutdown. Some House Republicans oppose that, demanding spending cuts. The U.S. is expected today to redesignate Houthi militants in Yemen as terrorists, something President Biden undid after taking office. The U.S. has already retaliated against the Iran-backed group's attacks on ships in and around the Red Sea. The United States is keeping pressure high on the Houthis and yesterday carried out more strikes against the group in Yemen, targeting four anti-ship ballistic missiles that were about to be launched. Fox's Trey Ying says the war rages in Gaza. Israel and Hamas have worked out a rare deal. The agreement was brokered by France and Qatar. For every box of medicine provided for Israeli hostages, a thousand boxes of medicine for Palestinians caught up in the conflict. It's the first time Hamas and Israel have struck any kind of deal since November's week-long pause in the fighting. The medical shipment is now on its way. Fox's Jonathan Savage. Just like Iraq did, Pakistan is recalling its ambassador from Tehran. After Iran hit that country with airstrikes, targeting militants, killing two children around, also hit Iraq and Syria with strikes. America's listening to Fox News. You know, our friends at Henry Repeating Arms, they manufacture a line of very high-quality rifles, shotguns, and revolvers that you can be very proud to own. Now, they're made in America with parts and materials also from America. Now, they use old-world craftsmanship combined with cutting-edge technology to deliver reliable and accuracy that you can trust in any situation. Now, they're easy to use and maintain. It makes them an excellent choice for both a novice and experienced shooter. Henry has over 200 models, so you can find the firearm that's right for you. There's also new releases all throughout the year. And every purchase is backed by their lifetime warranty and the company's owner. Anthony Imperato also gives his personal guarantee for 100% satisfaction. Now, make sure you go to their website, henryusa.com. Order their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you are. You're going to love this company and these firearms like I do. There's an update to a border controversy. Texas had been accused of blocking federal agents from getting to migrants in distress crossing a river. And now the Biden administration acknowledges they drowned Friday night before Border Patrol was notified. This in a filing with the Supreme Court. The Department of Justice filed a new request with the High Court to grant federal agents access to a portion of the border along the Rio Grande that's occupied by the Texas National Guard and the Texas Military Department after a young Mexican woman and her two children drowned while trying to enter the U.S. near
near Shelby Park in Eagle Pass. The federal government has said Border Patrol agents used the park to monitor the river and to launch boats. Texas says the Border Patrol withdrew most of its agents and equipment from Eagle Pass after a ruling from a lower court. The Justice Department is asking the Supreme Court to throw out the entire ruling from the appellate court. Lee Silicera. Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are down. There could be more selling the day after the Dow dropped 231 points. A basketball and hockey team owner in New York is being sued in a sexual assault case linked to Harvey Weinstein, the ex-Hollywood producer now in prison. A licensed massage therapist from Tennessee claims that she was sexually assaulted by New York Knicks and Rangers owner James Dolan over 10 years ago. The lawsuit claims that Dolan sexually assaulted her and later introduced her to Harvey Weinstein, who also assaulted her. Weinstein has since been convicted for abuse of other women. Dolan and Weinstein both denied the allegations Tuesday through statements from their lawyers. The alleged victim is seeking a jury trial and specified damages. Tim McMaster, Fox News. In the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons have interviewed Jim Harbaugh, who's also talked to the L.A. Chargers about that head coaching job after Harbaugh led Michigan to the College Football National Championship. The Falcons have also interviewed six-time Super Bowl winner Bill Belichick, who left the Patriots after his worst season in New England. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. At Peerless Cleaners, we understand that water damage to your home or business, whether it's caused by broken pipes, pounding rain, sump pump failure, snow load, or sewer backup, can be a devastating experience and create many problems. A quick response time is critical to reducing safety risks and secondary damages. Peerless Cleaners specializes specifically in water damage restoration. Our emergency services are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and we will work to immediately minimize your loss. No project is too large or too small. Peerless Cleaners, caring for our customers, Caring for the community. Good morning. Here's a look at your news channel 20 storm team forecast today. Sunny and windy with a high of 28. Wind chill values as low as negative 12. For tonight, 50% chance of snow overnight, increasing clouds and a low around 19. For Thursday, a 50% chance of snow. Cloudy with a high of 30, then Friday, snow is likely in the morning. Mostly cloudy with a high near 14. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 6 degrees. Your WSOY time is Good morning and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Buyers and Company. We'll check in with Clay from the Decatur Park District, our DMH segment this month, Millican University, Tanya Andricks, and tickets to give away to see the Illini, courtesy of First Mid. The company starts now. Buyers and Company, WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com.
Good morning and welcome. We're back here on another chilly day. Just want to take a, a couple of minutes to thank all the road crews that have been added, and I mean added over the last three, four, five days through this bitter cold and the snow and the ice and everything else. Roads are in spectacular shape this morning. Uh, can't speak for all of them. I'm sure you get out to the country and some places you'll find some slick spots. And as always, be careful if you're heading into work and it's seven degrees and we've had all this kind of weather. But for the most part, they've done an amazing job in the uh, bitter cold outworking 24-7. Thank you. Yeah, all the main roads were, were great for me. It's easy yeah. to sort of get woe is me when you're in the middle of this kind of weather pattern. You hate it. I understand. I hate it. I uh, can't stand it. Uh, but, man, there are a lot of people that are out there uh, uh, and thankfully haven't had a lot of power outages and some of those other things that you worry about. I even feel like knocking on wood or something. But we've been fortunate overall. So thank you very much. Uh, well, we have a lot to get to here today. Uh, I mean, a whole lot. Uh, we, we've had such a busy show the last couple of days and another busy one today. Uh, I just wanted to say that the, we did have a little mishap at Stephen Decatur uh, with a, a water pipe break. I was listening to the ad from Peerless uh, thinking about this <clears throat> coming out of the news there. So they will be closed today and tomorrow. Staff and students will return on Friday, January the 19th. This does include Macon Pyatt Special Education staff and students who are housed at the SDMH building. Cancellation of school for the next two days will allow DPS buildings and ground staff as well as outside contractors time to clean up, make necessary repairs uh, to the building. And uh, they've spoken to the Illinois State Board of Education. And these two days will not have to be made up at the end of the year. I mean, it's good to know that there's some flexibility in all of the bureaucracy. Yeah. What are you going to do with frozen pipes? Sometimes it just takes finding the the right human being just to go, yeah, nothing, no fault of yours. I, I know, but sometimes in bureaucracy, that is easier said than done. Oh, yeah. It's, it's finding the right rare. clipboard yeah. that has the ability to do something. You run into a whole lot of clipboards that don't, and then they just pass the buck. It is so jarring sometimes in a positive way when you... You, you get on the phone with customer service or something and somebody just is helpful and has the authority and the ability to do it. And you're like, wow, I want to stay on the phone a couple extra minutes and tell your boss you did it. Because the norm a lot of times is just to run up against uh, something. I know, I know. That's, you kind of do feel that way after yeah. a while for a reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think. I, I don't think it's it's not deserved. Uh, you know, when they were going through the whole thing with the building closure and all that, it just seemed like, man, we don't have to make this harder than it already is. Right. And COVID taught us some some. I don't think it taught us anything. Well, had put out some policies, some procedures, some methodology and things that, that you know, we're not certain of the long term, like if you have to do it for so, so long. But but in short batches, it got you. It's better than nothing. It's better than right. disrupting the whole thing. Yes. And and potentially with some work, some feedback, maybe it could be a whole thing in overall. It is for some grownups that go entirely virtually, but you know, in a pinch, you can pivot. There's yeah. I, and and there's also, you know what, uh, we used to, uh, I, when I was a kid, there was nothing better than a snow day and not have to do anything. Oh, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Too. Oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, all right, you're not wearing a hat. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. I've, Job I've, interview? <laughs> I forgot to grab one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. On a seven-degree day? Yeah, well... That makes me even more mad because I had a stocking cap and it's sitting out. I just didn't. I put it somewhere where I normally wouldn't. Okay. You know, how you've put something somewhere so you don't lose it. Yeah. Which almost then ends up being a lost the thing place. that you lose. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's not where you normally. That's what happened today. All right. Uh, we got a city council roundup. We'll get to last night. We talked about the sirens yesterday. Find out what they did last <laughs> night at the council. Uh, I want to start though. We haven't had a lot of time to dig into the IO caucuses as we head into New Hampshire. And uh, that looks uh, even closer. What do you make of uh, doing a little deep dive into the numbers, which is always an interesting thing, uh, because you, you don't know why sometimes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know math. You, you know what the numbers say. But why do the numbers say that? And and was it weather related? Was it uh, a lack of enthusiasm? Was it a combination of several things? Only fourteen percent of registered GOP voters participated in the Iowa caucuses on I, this I, past week. I think it is a combination of a lot of things, um, for sure. Whether um, um, people being lethargic about it, it being a primary, it being something that has had uh, lower numbers in recent uh, recent years. I think that there is one energized group in that election, um, and that is Trump supporters. Yeah, I, I would think that my argument would be that all of that that you said would not apply to them just based on noise. Yeah, they they have been – they are sure what they want to do. They have got their guys back, and they're going to do their part. And I think that to a higher degree, to a higher clip than than the than the others. And I don't think that there are a lot of DeSantis guys or Haley uh, people, you know, that are that are just so locked in that it's like, come on, guys, let's get down there. And- okay, but if you look at it, he won fifty one percent of the vote. Yeah. If you add up the votes, that means there is literally. 49% who voted for somebody Everybody else. Everybody else. And of those 49%, do they all translate? Do 80% of it? How much of that, when it comes to the general election, will say, yeah, we really wanted Nikki Haley, but we will now vote for the candidate of choice? That's, that is a very, very good question. My thought is that of that percentage that turned out at the polls, mm-hmm. I would think that of that 49%, I, I would say 90% plus would go to Donald Trump. The reason I think that... Well, I've seen some numbers from the Nikki Haley campaign, and she seems to be the only candidate that has a large chunk of voters who would vote for Joe Biden if given the choice between Trump and and, and Biden. That's interesting. And, and, and not Ron DeSantis and not, uh, uh, well, most of them now are, have dropped gone, out. Yeah. You, you know. But if you add up the 56,260 votes that, that Donald Trump got, uh, uh, and if you add up the rest, it's like 54,000, 55,000 mm-hmm. Republicans on a really bad weather night on a, you know, the conditions were not ideal at all. Uh, showed up to vote for someone else, and what does that mean in November? And that, and that's what I that's what I was going to get at. These are the people that braved the weather, that knew that Trump was going to get the number one spot, but wanted to kind of get out there and make their voice heard. I feel like these people are Republicans that they came out to participate in the Republican process, and I think most of them will can go to Donald Trump. Now, what you've pointed out, I think. Is that that's not a huge subsection of the state of Iowa or the no, it's fourteen percent. It's not even a huge subsection of Republicans in Iowa. Right. So the Nikki Haley group might go with Joe Biden, and there are certainly other people out there that that will go in either direction. But I think that group that showed up that night, push come to shove, is casting a Republican ballot regardless of who the person is. Come. Um, general election. Right, and, and, and you may be right. No Democrats voted, so we don't That's have right. any numbers to, to juxtapose. But 14% isn't enough mm-hmm. of, of a registered electorate to get the, the White House. Right. And if you have, like, I mean, he, he had, what, 20 bound delegates? And if you add up the other three, they had 18. You, you know, you're not... You're talking about 45, 49% of the other side. Right. And where does that all fall? And I have don't, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Other than the polling I've seen about Nikki Haley supporters, she seems to be the only one of the group that is able to get either crossover votes or votes that are never Trumpers or, or whatever it might be that might cross over. Uh, independence, you know, she seems to be a candidate in theory, in math, just looking at what we have, which is very limited to 14% of registered voters in Iowa, someone who could eat into Joe Biden's votes. Yeah, maybe. She's not making it as easy on herself. No, she's not. Yeah, she, uh, she, like DeSantis, I feel at the outset, it's like, all right, this could be that thing, and yeah. then misstep after misstep in, it, in that group. The missteps are are so easy to explain, though. 
The misstep is trying to walk the balance beam of getting support in a party that has become deranged on this other side. And you're constantly, if you say anything human or anything, you know, that sounds (laughs) uh, sentimental or that you you just feel sorry for people. I'm just talking about she she and and she's from the South, very popular in her home state. Uh, This is the game they get into where they twist themselves Mm -hmm. into pretzels, not being able to. To really tell you who they are because they're giving you an answer that someone's warned about. Yep. Now, doesn't mean that you don't make stupid mistakes. I mean, clearly they do. I mean, but it's usually born out of trying to uh, be oh, this yeah. thing to all of these people at one time, which you can't. And I think that in this case, we're talking, we've been talking about for years, the polar opposites and the people that are in the middle that are looking going, all right. You may not be with the party of choice, but you you seem like there's enough there. Mm-hmm. When you get a when you get caught up exposing something at, with with high stakes to it, even if you're kind of somebody that I'd consider, you know, a, for a lot of people, that's enough to go whoa whoa whoa. I saw behind the curtain. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Which is different. I I get that. But then what's on the other side of that? Then you just stay with where you're at and go, ugh. Okay, but there's a lot of that going on on both sides. Uh, You've got people who would have been always considered, you you know, left-leaning voters picketing the White House, uh, you know, calling Biden a war criminal. You've got people who are, uh, I I think, rightfully questioning, you know, age and and all of that. I think it's unfair that they only do it one way. I think that Mm -hmm. there's not much age difference. Uh, But there's a lot of those kind of things that are uncertain right now, where if you had a candidate like a Nikki Haley who could tack I mean, I don't know that they go to her. Right. They just stay home. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, I mean, somebody picketing the White House. What, uh, well, I mean, they're a like Democrat literally. picketing the White House. Are they, is there any likelihood of them casting a vote for Donald Trump? Who knows? I, you know, we live in a, in a day and age where that stuff's not as predictable as it used to it, be. It's certainly not. Uh, there are, I think, anger votes protest votes. Mm-hmm. Now, are there enough of them? Another thing I read recently in the last, uh, well, since the three-day weekend, is that now the, the, the just over 50% of Americans, just over, uh, identify either somewhat or altogether as independents. That, that middle part of the country between the deep red and the deep blue continues to grow. They're not as loud. They don't have, you know, they will vote in, in either direction, depending on the candidate. They might get a ballot and go, all right, I like our Republican uh, state senator, but I also really like our, our Democrat congresswoman, you know, and, and they do that kind of voting. And it's harder than ever to predict that. You just don't know. A friend of mine, uh, we were talking yesterday about, you know, this polling information and, and just information feedback, at, you know, overall, when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, Amazon reviews, sure. polling on, we are ones and fives. That's that's where we're at. When when people, they take, like an Amazon review really overlays this really well for me. Mm-hmm. You go to a product and you're thinking about buying it, so you look at the reviews. And, and then you look and there's a whole bunch of fives and there's a whole bunch of ones and very few two, threes and fours. So you have to discern through that. You look at the fives and go, I love, I love coffee. And it's like, well, this was about a coffee maker, you know? So, and then once my postman threw it up against the wall, I'm mad. And so a lot of people use a lot of the things that they do, a lot that they throw out there in the world in a way that doesn't really boil down to the actual thing. That, and you know what else I think about that equation is the two, threes and fours aren't participating. That's right. And so it's impossible to know their size. Uh, Thank you. That was my second point is that part is, you know what I've never done ever. What's that? Left a review on Amazon. Right. And, but you know what I don't look at them. Not very often. I do. If it's something specific, 
it, you know, like a size thing yeah. or something. How's this fit? Yeah, then maybe. But but I don't I don't read Rotten Tomatoes. I don't uh, review on Amazon. I'm I'm largely happy with what I order. I know what I'm ordering. I get it. If I'm okay, I'm good. If I get a bad experience, I'm not going to go back and torch somebody. I don't do that. And I'm as active as anybody you'll know in in, in all of this. And it's just not something that I do. And, and I'm turned off by the people that are so angry all the time about everything. Right. And I think and I don't want to be in the middle of it. Fair enough. And I think that our polling is it sometimes reflects that. Is yeah. Exactly that. The two threes and fours are like, you know what? Yeah. I'm still trying to see. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think it's it's the hardest thing to pinpoint when you're looking at what I think most people. Now, tell me if you think this is wrong. My sense is that most people, not the diehards, just everybody else that's not living and dying with all this is back to the this is really our two choices again. Yeah. I mean, to, to be to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. Of all the people in the United mm-hmm. States of America, we did this once. Right. And now we're going to go back and do it again. Right. I mean, I think that's where a lot of people are. And what can you do if you're, if you find yourself as one of those people? Are you waiting to hear what, you know, if, if Trump's coming around on this topic? No, I mean, like you're already kind of stuck where you're stuck at. Maybe. And, and I we, mean, what's going to change it? I don't know. We've got a long way to go. But those until are, November. those are fact. I mean, what, what I'm getting at is, Somebody goes to jail, if somebody dies, if somebody gets caught in a scandal or something, fine, then you, you, that's new information. Yeah. But we're not going to learn about foreign policy no, or, no. I mean, so you've, you already know who your person is if they get to the finish line for that large group. They're not going to nuance you either way. Maybe. I don't know. I, we, like I said, we've got a long way. Uh, I mean, it is literally January. I, I don't understand why Iowa does this. You know, I don't understand why they do it on Martin right. Luther King Day. You, you know, in the worst weather. Like, I mean, there's nothing they can do about the weather. But I mean, you know, in January in right. Iowa, it's probably not going to be great. Right. I don't understand the whole thing. And I don't know why. I've never understood why we put so much importance on literally a hundred thousand people in Iowa, 14% of the registered GOP. And then they're going to go where next? Even a smaller place, New Hampshire. And, and if Nikki Haley doesn't do something in New Hampshire, meaning finish second place, then she's toast as well. And then it's all writing on the wall. Yeah. Over a hundred thousand people in Iowa and a tinier portion of people in New Hampshire. It's the silliest thing ever. I, th- I think you said yesterday that the, I think it was yesterday that people were touting the second place victory mm-hmm. because what that is, is I'm, I'm here. Well, this thing historically, you, you know, um, there, there have been a lot of presidents and presidential candidates that didn't win Iowa. Right. But if you lose Iowa and then you lose New Hampshire, you lose most of your forward momentum. Right. Exactly right. And that's just like watching a race. I mean, like an actual running race, seeing somebody shoot out from the front gets people engaged. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even at the end, you watch them flame right. out or whatever. Yeah, but, but, but see, the crazy thing is in Iowa, we knew who was going to win. I mean, yeah. it was never in doubt. Uh, so the jockeying was who's second, who's third. And when you're second by 1,500 votes, you, you know, over third, not a lot of separation no. there. So then you go to New Hampshire, which is a quirky place. They do quirky things. I mean, it's not like Iowa where you can just sort of read the tea leaves. Right. And, and somebody has a really strong, all of a sudden, you, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know about momentum. If you remember, you, you know, four years ago, five years ago, uh, it, at this point and beyond, I mean, all the way into March, both of us absolutely believe Joe Biden was toast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, really believe. Mm-hmm. Not wishing for it, hoping for it. Just look at this. Yep. He leaves this. This guy's done. Yep. And who knows? We'll see what happens. But it's interesting that we put so much into so few people actually participating in this two-part process at the beginning. Yeah, it is strange. The whole thing is really strange. The whole process, when you look at it, is... And then you look at Davenport. What you got to do is look at the Iowa map. You know, everybody always talks about Illinois. Uh, the entire, uh, entire map is Donald Trump, except for one county where Davenport is, which is Nikki Haley. That's it. Right. And you go, all right, 
University. <laughs> uh, you, right. you know, I guess uh, we can explain that. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as we move on. I, I don't. No one to me on either side has been convincing to me like that. There's anything different here. No. I mean, we're not even really talking. And maybe about there never was. I don't know. I, I, I felt like at least I was more compelled to watch answers or to see responses or to see people have conversations. And, and, and now maybe because it's been turned into one and five and twos and threes and fours aren't invited. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. And, and we know who both of these people, we know them as presidents. We've seen the no, I'm talking about even in the primary, the primary opponents yeah. and stuff. I, I don't, you know, I, you know, they had uh, the debate, which I watched some of just out of curiosity. And, and then you see where the numbers were. They were on the town hall meeting with Trump. Nobody cared what these other two people were saying. And at the end of the day, I got to believe that's the way the election is going to turn out. Yeah. I just don't see it. I thought for a minute Nikki Haley had something else to offer and the way she's been stepping in it recently that will just turn off moderates or, yeah. or independents doesn't make any sense to me. She's, she can't out Trump her way into the no, nomination. She's trying to double deal. And yeah, and it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to take a break for bottom of the air stories news. A lot to get to here today. Final hard knocks. I'll tell you all about it. Stay tuned. This is R.J. Crace with your stories now, brought to you by Shop on Main. A bill has been introduced in the state Senate that would strip the driver's license of FOID card holders who don't surrender a revoked permit. State law already requires people with surrendered or revoked FOID cards to transfer their firearms to another person with a valid FOID card. Opponents worry that the state backlog or red tape could cause people who have registered their firearms to mistakenly have their driver's license taken away and that the legislation does not provide protection against that. The FBI has put out a warning about online activity that may lead to the solicitation and enticement of a minor to engage in a sexual act. Sextortion involves an offender coercing a minor to create and send sexually explicit images or videos. The offender then threatens to release that compromising material unless the victim produces more. From October of 22 to March of last year, the FBI reported at least a 20% increase of such incidents over the same time period the previous year. More at NowDecatur.com. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Six days to the Republican primary in New Hampshire, there's still plenty of chances for voters to see and hear the candidates in person. Governor DeSantis will attend two town halls, one in Hampton and another in Derry. Nikki Haley will hold a rally for her supporters in Rochester, and former President Trump will speak with voters in Portsmouth after hosting a rally of his own last night with now former candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Fox's Brooks Singh, tonight's Republican debate is canceled. Haley and Trump wouldn't show up. President Biden meets with Republican and Democrat House, Senate and committee leaders this afternoon. President Biden will host top congressional leaders at the White House to discuss his $106 billion national security funding request, which includes supplying military aid to Ukraine, assistance to Israel and $14 billion for U.S. southern border enforcement. Fox's Kristen Goodwin's stock futures are lower this morning ahead of the opening bell on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News. Save big money on your next project with help from Menards. Upgrade your home with new outlets from Legrand, including new USB outlets. Charge more of your devices without the need for bulky AC adapters. All Legrand USB devices are on sale now. Charge the latest devices up to two times faster with a 15-amp USB Type-C outlet. Pick one up for $32.99. Hurry in and save big now at Menards. Good through January 21st. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Ready to purchase that smooth ride? You got it at Staley Credit Union. You want to move forward with a new car, truck, or SUV. But first, you need some cash. Staley Credit Union offers lower interest auto loans that get you in the driver's seat. And if a motorcycle, ATV, or boat is more your speed, we have loans for those too. At Staley Credit Union, you got it. Learn more at StaleyCU.com. This institution is not federally insured by member choice. Proudly insured by American Share Insurance. Here's a look at your news, Channel 20 Storm Team Forecast. Today, sunny and windy, high near 28. Wind chill values as low as negative 12. For tonight, 50% chance of snow, increasing clouds, low around 19. For Thursday, 50% chance of snow, cloudy and a high of 30. 
And Friday, more snow in the morning, mostly cloudy, high near 14. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 7 degrees. Your WSOY time is 6.33. This look at your weather brought to you by Staley Credit Union. Ready to bank better? Bank Staley Credit Union. Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. You know, I did some uh, research on some of these numbers uh, during the break uh, from the Pew Research Center because it's interesting. We talked about the 2020 presidential election, and and part of the whole it was rigged thing are the numbers, right? Uh, the 2020 election, uh, about two-thirds of the voting-eligible population turned out for that. That's the highest rate for any national election since uh, 1900. So it, it is an anomaly. If you look at 2018, uh, through 2020, uh, and 20, I mean, you go through all of these. It's fascinating how inconsistent people vote. And this question about the ones and the fives and the two, threes and fours, I think your two, threes and fours are your wild card every time. How many people bought the Amazon product versus the ones and fives screaming and yelling? Right. Yeah, that's, I weird. mean, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if you have a 66% voting eligible population turned out for the 2020 presidential election, uh, but only 49% turned out for the 2018 election, um, with only, uh, 37% voting in all three. That's a fascinating number. And that tells you your story about, and that two, threes, and fours can also be about disgust or whatever. You know, they just, maybe they didn't leave a review, but they're not coming back. Right. Exactly right. So overall, 70% of the U.S. adult citizens who were eligible to participate in all three elections between 2018 and 2022, so that's the midterms and uh, and presidential elections, uh, only 37% of voter-eligible Americans voted in all three of those. Right. And I wonder, if did they put a number of how, what percent of them voted in the two presidential elections but skipped the primary? Because that... I think some people just sit that out. They could, yeah. and, and I don't. I don't know about that. This is more about yeah. just the general election, mm-hmm. because that that is the deal. I mean, if if only thirty seven percent voted in all three, but sixty seven percent voted in the twenty twenty presidential right. election, that's why you had the numbers you had, and yeah. everybody can't get oh well. I got more votes than I did last time. Yeah, but look at twenty percent yeah. more people voted. Yeah, and I think that this ratcheting up that happened right before the election in twenty twenty yeah. where. The, the language was, uh, you know, we've got to get him out. We've got to move on or we've got to hold on to the White House was was elevated in a sense that the stakes were, sure. were portrayed as yeah. couldn't be higher. And if you look at party affiliation, it's almost the same. I mean, it, yeah. there's a little bit of a difference, but it's negligible. Bumps to both, yeah. So, like, the people who voted, the 37 percent of people who voted in all three elections lean Democrat, 50% lean Republican. So the diehards are just right there even. Mm -hmm. Uh, The people who voted in none of the three elections, 41% Democrats, 46% Republicans. The people who voted in 2020 only, and here's your difference, and this is what people can't understand. I'm going to give it to you in one graph. In 2020 only, Dems voted 46% 46% to Republicans, 43%. That 3% you know. Yeah, that's enough. 2018 and 2020, 55 lean Dem, 40 lean Republican. Uh, so you can look at the habits, and if you think of Nick's uh, analogy of the Amazon reviews, which is, it, it's an interesting one because, you know, uh, I often look at how many times has this product been purchased mm-hmm. more than I do the reviews. Yeah. I don't know why. Never even really thought about it until today. Yeah, it's a convoluted, goofy metric, but you can get really good information out of it. You know, really good. They now have this side note. They have this little AI paragraph that says, from the reviews, users tend to like its quality, find it good, you know, but the paint wears off. Like, they they call it from the reviews, 
in a, in a short snip. We don't get that with the presidential stuff, but uh, it is interesting to see how we interact with feedback and voting is feedback. Yeah. Now, it, it is also interesting they break this down by gender and race and a lot of other areas, and you can kind of see the habits and what people do in and out. But we're very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Very inconsistent. And, and that's why I think sometimes when you look at Iowa and New Hampshire, the way everybody does, it's like I'm not sure it's a bellwether for anything because it's such a small sample size and such a small sample of the sample. I mean, if... Everyone in Iowa showed up to vote. It would still be a small sample. Right. Exactly right. So we'll see what happens. It should be uh, interesting. Um, we got a long way to go to November. And I I, I just kind of, I don't know. There was a time when this stuff was fun for me. That has long passed. Yeah. I don't I don't know anybody that really has fun with it anymore. It used to be, I mean, just sort of the process, the, you know, keeping score and and figuring out how things would go and interviewing candidates and having, you know, an interesting conversation about ideas and and things. You know, it wasn't just, I don't know, it's it's been so dumbed down now. Mm -hmm. And that's because of your ones and your fives. Best way to get to them. Tell them what they already want to hear and already want to know. That's right. And make the other guy the enemy. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So last night they had the uh, final, uh, I assume it's the final hard knocks. Probably so. They're, I mean, the, I don't know because they've never had a mid go this season far. go into the playoffs. Was, did you realize that was Miami's first playoff game in they haven't had a playoff win mm-hmm. in 23 years. Yeah. I mean, we talk about some of these other teams like the Lions. I didn't realize that drought. I don't pay attention to the Dolphins regularly. Yeah. I mean, well, think about this. They're in the AFC East. That's where the Patriots have been sitting for 24 years. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That makes it so, kind of It does make a lot up. of sense. I know. <laughs> but it's just, it's almost impossible to believe, you know, like the Cowboys and, and, and I mean, the amount of time. I mean, how are they still considered, you, you, you know, I mean, it has been so long. Yeah. 27 years or something like that for them. Too. Yeah. I mean, since they've won a Super mm-hmm. Bowl, right? Yeah. Maybe even longer than that. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it might be 30. I mean, think about how many people are 30 years old now that were not around for that. Right. Yeah, Troy Aikman, those guys, that was in the 90s. So, yeah, it's been longer than that. So, but I, I really did care for these guys uh, or got to like them uh, watching this. And I think this would be true probably 1995 was the last one. So 28 years. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd probably like most people, mm-hmm. you know, if you just got the cameras inside and got to see them on a day to day basis, not yeah. just the worst day or the bad press conference or whatever. I'm not sure about Nick Sariano. I don't think I'd like him no matter what. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I, I, I just but who knows? He's got an exit interview a little later today. We'll find out if yeah. he's still employed. I mean, Aaron Rodgers seemed human. You know, I mean, he was playing to the camera, but I got suckered in a little bit. So there, um, you know, the the turnaround time by NFL Films and the people at HBO that do this Hard Knocks documentary, it is when you realize how long it takes to produce and make something. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, we're still we're not going to get a new TV show until after the Super Bowl. It's been months since the strike was over. They turned this thing around in two days. I know. And and did not lack in any quality whatsoever. There's the most hysterical scene where they're getting ready to leave Miami and they start with the car hood and they do the uh, in the air tonight, like the whole Miami Vice thing. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. What, what on timeline wise, where did they end it? Meaning After like, the game, like in the locker room. Yeah. Like, okay, so there's one more step they might consider doing, and that's the exit interviews. Could and the be. I, I don't know if that's enough. You, you know, I mean, you after the big game and the loss, I, I assume that's probably it. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but they had the the wild card uh, playoff game. Clearly, uh, watching these guys get ready for one of these cold games is fascinating. The amount of Vaseline and that warm gel, and then just the 99 cent Walgreen pocket warmer packets. Oh, yeah. 
by the bulk. Hundreds and hundreds of them. They were showing the equipment guys packing all of this stuff up for every player. Yeah. And, and testing the little heaters on the backs of the bench. I told you that Falcons were using chicken uh, broth and, and cocoa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything to just keep it warm. And then they kept juxtaposing, like, the, the scenes from Miami, Miami and Kansas yeah. City, you know, yeah. like, building up. You know, they're all out there in their shorts and their mm-hmm. flip-flops and, and uh, getting ready to go. Um, there was – and then the conversations they have, right, joking about, like, Taylor Swift, you know, as they're getting ready to go to Kansas City. In practice, they're talking about Taylor Swift. Right. I mean, they're just people. Right. Or it, during the game, you know, you know, this huge lineman, you know, asking the ref, are you cold? And he's like, I got two scuba suits on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so it was really, really, really good. And, and I didn't realize, I mean, I, I did realize watching how many players they had go down with injuries. I did not realize they brought in four dudes between the ages of 35 and 37 off of waivers the week of that game. Yeah, all names, but but past it. I mean, these yeah. guys were like literally just called off their front porch. Yeah, can you come rush the, the passer, Yeah, please? I don't know. I got to play golf. Right. I saw some fans that got treated in Kansas City for hypothermia and frostbite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like three and four. No doubt. Uh, all right. So that, th- then they did the drone shot coming out of the deep woods of all the snow and the trees till it finally got over Arrowhead Stadium. Oh, neat. Yeah. Turn around 48 hours. That's so cool. I mean, the story, the story is an easy story. You just gotta pick the choice I, bits. I guess. I, I mean, you could say that about just about everything. I, I mean, as far as interesting storylines. Well, but it's re- it's real life. Like, your comparison to, like, scripted stuff. No, is I'm like, talking about even documentaries. There's very little in, in our world outside of, like, your newscast or your, your mm-hmm. you know, that happen, like, not real time, but almost real time in the world of entertainment. Yeah. But that's out of function. Like, there's no need to. This, to get it around, you just have to mark what's good and and then see how it ends, and then work backwards. It's, it, it is amazing. I'm not trying to downplay it. It's unbelievable. Telling amazing. you the amount of footage mm-hmm. you recorded in a week, yeah. all day at practice, yeah. all day, you know, and the number of NFL film uh, camera crews that are at a game, compiling all that, it's putting nuts. it all together, editing, cutting it down, and getting it into an hour of entertainment in 48 hours is amazing. Yeah, those little recaps that they do at the end of the game, the like 20 seconds of you know, here's what it was, here's what you missed, as the credits are rolling or yeah. whatever. Even that has happened within the within the game. It's being put together and stacked up so that they can add the last couple of things and hit publish as the crawl is coming up. I mean, it is nutty. And when you go to an NFL game and you get to see the truck, you know, and, oh, yeah. and in the truck is the soundproof room where the guy's only job is to do the music and to do like, right. you, you know, whatever. And they've got, a, I mean, it's an impressive operation of people. Uh, but this is separate, you know, from that, meaning that this is all NFL films camera work right uh i don't know the hard knocks if it's all nfl i mean i don't know how the personnel looks i mean they may bring in outsiders i don't know uh but man i i'm just telling you i i somewhere between martin scorsese taking four years to make a movie and them being able to do this in 48 hours it seems like we could come up with a little more consistency you're probably right about that. The TV shows. Every time I'm watching CBS, the only time I watch CBS is when a football game is on, uh, because there's nothing else on. And these are stars are, Hey, we're back. We'll see you after the Super Bowl. You're not back. Yeah. That's a month until away. Next month. Yeah. That's literally like a month away. You're still. supposed to be here in September. Hurry it up. All right. Uh, finished up Echo last night. Solid. Nice. Only five episodes. Um, but man, if this is the new direction they're taking, meaning Marvel and, and the bigger scheme of things, Disney, uh, they're going down. They're not even going down a new direction. What they're doing is going back to old school Netflix, who kind of created this world before they were ever doing any of this. A little more grounded, a little more gritty, a little more tangible. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and the, the story, you know, bring Kingpin back and, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, he is so, I mean, he just looks like the comic books. Oh, and he's just an amazing actor. But the way they shoot it and everything with like the shadows and, and mm-hmm. that big, massive bald head. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really good. So I'm, I'm hopeful 
that there's more of that to come. If you're out and about today, uh, I got an email from the Illinois State Police about how many of their cars were struck over the weekend. Um, I, I don't know when we get bad weather, and I think we've got more. Is, is there snow tomorrow? Did you have that in the forecast? Yeah, there's snow. Okay. Um, you just have to slow down a little bit. But I am amazed. I don't know why I'm amazed, because it's been like this my whole life, at least since I've been driving, why people out there just think that it just doesn't apply to them at all. And you think about the crews that are out. We thanked a little earlier all the people who have been clearing the roads and doing all that that heavy lifting. But then you think about your Illinois State Police officers that are out there trying to keep the highways safe and and make sure. Uh, What are you doing? What what do you have to be to? I mean, what is? I mean, are you giving birth? Right. Just relax a little bit. I mean, isn't I mean, there's a couple of things I could think of, right? Mm-hmm. You're bleeding out, giving birth. That's not 99% of what this is. No. It's just people being so impatient and having to be somewhere and not wanting to leave early, not make any sort of accommodations on their part of it at all. They just want to get out there and drive like it's just perfectly fine. And even even after you've made the decision that you got to hurry and all that, not being aware to to make those like choices to be in the lane with less cars or things to give yourself. If you have to be doing that, you just can't get past it. You've got to adjust your driving. I it just seems <laughs> uh, they had numerous. They had five crashes involving Illinois State Police squad cars occurred over the extended holiday weekend. Uh, three of which were move over law, otherwise known as Scott's law, uh, related. On January 12th at approximately 8.16 p.m., a trooper from ISP Troop 3 was handling a crash on Interstate 90. Uh, squad car was stationary on the left shoulder with the emergency lights activated, right? Trooper was outside of the vehicle when it was struck in the rear by a Honda CRV. Uh, the trooper and his canine partner uh, were uninjured. Hopefully, the driver of the Honda, 36-year-old Luis Acosta Garcia of Belvedere, Illinois, was also uninjured, but he's got he was charged with that move over law, uh, and that's pretty tough. That's a bad one to get charged with, man. On January 14th, at approximately 4:35 a.m., a trooper from ISP Troop Three was on the left shoulder westbound on Interstate uh, outside of DuPage with a car in the ditch. Uh, you know, the trooper's out there trying to help somebody in a ditch. Right. You know, who was out driving too stupid to begin with. Right. Trooper reversed his squad car on the left shoulder to get behind the light pole to warn oncoming traffic of the emergency issue when his squad car was struck from the rear by a black Jeep Wrangler. Um, and he was transported to an area hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The, the driver and the passenger of the Jeep were uninjured but also going to be charged. This just happened all over the state. I mean, they're on the side of the road, lights on. Right. And people were running into the back of them. What are you doing? How'd you avoid all the trees in your neighborhood? <laughs> Stop signs. Anything. Traffic lights. Parked cars. What are you doing? So five of them. Uh, thankfully, they're all okay. But, you know, they're over there. One's trying to help somebody out in the ditch. The other one's trying to help out a stalled car. You know, they're out there just doing their job. And you're running into them like pinatas. Just slow down. We'll take a break. Here's Nick with your three-day forecast. Clay coming up a little bit later today. We'll visit with Drew Early, check in with Mark Topper, and Tanya Andrews will be in as well. Stay tuned. Today's going to be sunny and windy with a high of 28. Wind chill values as low as negative 12. For tonight, 50% chance of snow, increasing clouds, and a low of 19. For Thursday, 50% chance of snow, cloudy with a high of 30. And then Friday, snow likely in the morning, mostly cloudy and a high near 14. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 7 degrees. Your WSOI time is 6.52. This look at your weather brought to you by Shop on Main, downtown Decatur. Modern looks, old-fashioned pampering. Sale, sale, sale. Shop on Main 
is having an entire store sale of winter apparel, accessories, gifts, and Christmas merchandise. Our loss is your gain. With 25 to 75% off going on now. Sale, sale, sale starts Tuesday, December 26th at 10 a.m. Get there to shop all the amazing items. We've never had a sale like this, so now's the time to shop. Up to 75% off. Stop in and save at Shop on Main at 407 North Main in beautiful downtown Decatur. Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now. And Illini fans who renew their season tickets by February 1st are eligible to win amazing prizes, memorabilia, and experiences. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th against Michigan. Visit FightingIllini.com for more information. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. So we had the mayor in yesterday because they had their meeting on Tuesday because of the holiday on Monday. We talked about these outdoor emergency warning sirens. And so they approved uh, last night the replacements that we talked about. I think that's a good move. I, I know that sometimes stuff feels antiquated just because it's been around a long time. But, man, when you don't have analog and you don't have any other access to anything, you sure miss analog. I don't think there's really any question to this because I think cell phone, phone, I'm sorry, cell phone service goes down. People put it in silent mode. They do whatever. It's powered off. They left it in the car. It's the middle of the night. Any of that. Yeah. Any of those things literally powered off. Having a siren go off in your neighborhood or near your workplace or whatever that tells you that it is as serious as it can possibly be. There is there is no real price tag on that. That is absolutely not. And this was not about getting rid of them altogether. Right. It was about updating yeah. and and and, and making replacing. it better. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two sirens. It's forty seven grand additional hundred and thirty five thousand dollars for activation and monitoring system. Weather permitting, they will be installed and operational within sixty days. The expected life of the new sirens and activation system is more than twenty years. So you're yeah. talking about like you know uh, less than two hundred thousand dollars for yeah. twenty years. That's great. I mean that's uh, a. a of costs that cannot be avoided, I don't think. They've also finalized and adopted their strategic plan to guide decisions through 2025. Uh, priority goal number one, community revitalization. Uh, number two, grow, enhance, and better prepare the local workforce to meet current and future demands. Goal three, take downtown to the next level and select other commercial districts for revitalization. Goal number four, select new technologies to improve municipal service delivery, create efficiencies, and enhance access to information and services for the citizens of Decatur. Number five, be uh, more innovative in securing the city's financial security, enhance and expand utility assets to strengthen economic development. Goal number six, collaborate with others and ensuring integrated and holistic management of city-owned spaces, transportation corridors, and especially Lake Decatur. So those are the six goals. I, that could all be great. Step one, making the goals, I, I give them an A-plus on those being the goals. All right, now I'll do it. But A-plus for, I think that's a, the great vision. I think they're right on the money with the things that are important. Just at first glance, I, those sound great. 
I don't disagree. Yeah. The, the difference in being great and being clipboard, those mm-hmm. in all and how you do it. Totally. Or don't do it. Yeah, it could be F, F minus the rest of the way, but as far as identifying where we should be going, I think those sound absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I like, uh, I would put better prepare the local workforce to meet current future demands as number one. Oh, it, oh because I, I think that does then revitalize community and neighborhoods when people are able to get better jobs, mm-hmm. buy homes. I mean, I, I think that feeds into one. Yes. Uh, and all the rest. Yeah, and also that right there uh, corrects what we're up against right now and for the future. So it's a, a twofer. We got to do that anyway because we have these new companies coming and we need the workforce, period. Yep, and you bring the workforce mm-hmm. up and you bring people yeah. up and people buy and, and fix up homes. And else, it, yep. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. that would be the only thing. I'm, I'm glad they have the goals. I think they're the right goals. Let's uh, get yep. out and get her done. Yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> We have a lot to get to here today. Clay is going to be with us at the uh, top of the hour. A little later today, we'll be visiting with uh, Milliken University. I enjoy our Thursdays uh, with our Wednesdays with them, excuse me. And uh, Tanya will be by Drew Early, stopping in from Decatur Memorial Hospital. Uh, plus, we'll check in with Mark Tupper and Tupper on sports. And uh, we've got to, to take a look at Illini basketball tickets. Yeah, I'll take a peek over the break. I think and we've see got another next. game coming up. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a peek. I've All got them right here. Courtesy of First Mid. We'll be back after top of the hour. Stay tuned. No matter where you are, we're there. WSOY Decatur, 1340 AM and 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. This is RJ Crace with your stories now, brought to you by Shop on Main. Due to a water pipe break and extensive flooding at the Stephen Decatur Middle School building, there's no school for Stephen Decatur today or tomorrow. Staff and students are slated to return on Friday. This does include Macon Pyatt special education staff and students who are housed at the SDMS building. DPS says they've spoken to the State Board of Education, and these two days will not have to be made up at the end of the year. The Community Foundation of Macon County has announced Untold Stories, a $100,000 community engagement program to bring to life and share stories of underrepresented people in Macon County. Decatur Earth Mover Credit Union is also providing funding for the program. The vision of Untold Stories is to promote a fuller understanding of history as a contribution. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.